So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. The Lord is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way.
takes away my fear. I will never be lonely for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink.
Yeah.
We activate God's word to go to all of the world and preach the gospel with every creation. At Victor Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Amen. want to let you know a few things. Um, be sure to pay attention to the slides on the screen for some announcements, and then there's some things in the back. But uh, this Tuesday, our Air Force youth group is going to meet at 6 p.m. at the new time, 6 p.m. And then uh, Wednesday, we're going to have our Wednesday night refreshing at 6.30 p.m. And uh, coming up April 16th and 17th, uh, we're having our women's conference. It's going to be the most dynamic, awesome uh, time. Our guest is going to be Robin uh, D. Bullock. And uh, registration is free, and you can just give a donation, um, and that's available to you. We're getting calls. I think I got a call last week from uh, Buffalo, New York. So. Wow. And then I want to let you know on March 27th, uh, we're going to have our egg hunt at 11 a.m. And... Uh, that's for uh, all kinds of kids, and that's always a great time. And uh, so those are a few announcements to uh, pay attention to and to remind you. Um, before I uh, read a scripture, I want to just uh, share something with you. Um, this is uh, from, uh, it's about uh, Benjamin Franklin. And uh, it says, My father having among his instructions to me when a boy... Frequently repeated a proverb of Solomon. Seest thou a man diligent in his calling, he shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before uh, mean men. I, I from hence considered, or from thence considered in industry as a means of obtaining wealth and distinction, which encouraged me. Though I, I did not think that I should ever literally stand before kings, which, however, has since happened, for I have stood before five and even had the honor of sitting down with one, the king of Denmark, to dinner. That's Benjamin Franklin. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, names of the books of the Bible are funny. And uh, here's some funny things about the name Habakkuk. Um... Some said it's a word spelled backwards. One said it's a Jewish holiday. One said it's a village in Vietnam. One said it's a new game. And one says it's a disease in the lower back. <laughs> Have a kick. And I want to encourage you this morning in your giving today. Here at BCF, we don't pass a container. But we do have a container in the back. It's that wooden container. We call that our seed planter. And you can give your tithes and offerings anytime during the service. Anytime, yes, anytime. And uh, it's available to you. And I want to read something from uh, Matthew Henry, who was a uh, commentator. And he's talking about giving the first and the best. And he said, uh, as, uh, as those that believe him, to be the first and best of things, those that consecrate the day of their youth and the prime of their time to the service and honor of God. Bring him their first fruits, and with such offerings, 
he is well pleased. And what, what should our attitude be in giving? Here are just some things. We should be faithful in giving. We should be consistent in giving. We should be obedient in giving. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, give this now. And then we should just follow him. We should be generous in giving. We should be cheerful. That would put a smile on your face. Amen? We should be worshipful in giving. We should be trusting in giving. You know, when you give, it takes faith. And you're trusting God. And uh, we should be, we should give as we're able. You know, God never asks you for what you don't have. You know, He always knows what you have. And then finally, we should be willing to give. Amen? Father, I thank you that for every giver who gives, Lord, we just give you thanks and praise that they are blessed, prospered, and increased by you. You receive it into your kingdom, and you cause it to abound to them, Father. And we give you thanks and praise. We call them blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. And just want to say, if you're here for the very first time, we just welcome you. Uh, thank you for visiting Victory Christian Fellowship, and it is good to have you. Amen? <laughs> All right. And uh, we have uh, some awesome, incredible kids yeah. and some awesome, incredible teachers. Yeah. And we want to oh, dismiss yeah. them now at this time. Kids, go have a good time. <laughs>
It should be reliable. It should be without a bribe, without any undue influence. And it should be accurate, and it should make a difference in the case. Amen? Did you know that as a witness for God, your testimony could mean the difference between life or death for someone? Amen? God made you a key witness in his plan of life. He's done something for you. He's done something in you. He's done something to you. I could, I could stand here and say all the countless times that God has delivered me and helped me and led me and just was good to me and blessed me just because he loves me. And uh, therefore, we have a story to tell. Amen? I want you to go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 43. And we're going to begin with this book here, the prophet, the messianic prophet. And actually, this chapter is an amazing chapter. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And in Isaiah, chapter 43, he starts off in verse 1. And he says, but now this is what the Lord your Creator says, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. So God created you, God formed you, God redeemed you, and then he says, I have called you by your name. And he called you. Those are reasons to be a witness. <laughs> Amen? We can testify to God's creation. Say, God made me. God made me. Amen? And didn't he do a good job on creation? I mean, things just, the sun rises and sets, the moon reflects, flowers grow, trees fall off, I mean, leaves fall off and grow back. <laughs> so, these are reasons to be a witness. God created you, God formed you. God redeemed you and God called you. And then he says this, verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. You know, if something bad happens, even the Apostle Paul was in a shipwreck. The Bible says he spent the night and day in the deep. He passed through the waters, but what happened? God was with him. That was a testimony. Amen? How many of you have ever been through some things? Right? But you passed through them, Right? Amen? That's the testimony. That's what we witness to. We witness how God calls us to pass through. Not set up camp there. Amen? When you pass through the waters, and I will be with you, and through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. I passed through a river in New Zealand when I fell in. And the current took me down. And I had a borrowed rifle, which I did not lose. I said, I'm not going to lose this rifle. And it was the hard, I mean, I'm a, I can swim, but it was the hardest swimming I've ever done. But God was with me. I passed through the waters. Amen? And I'm able to tell you how good God is on the other end. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched. Now, God's not saying be a fire walker. Right? But he's saying, when the enemy turns up the heat in life, and literally there were some people in the Bible that actually were thrown into a fire. And where was God? He was with them. But what happened? They, they had no sign of smoke, no sign of... Not a hair on their head was singed. Why? Because God was with them. They had a testimony on the other side. 
of what God did. Nor will the flame burn you. That was an actual occurrence in the Bible that is true. Verse 3. I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. He is the Lord God. He is holy and He is Savior. Those are some things to witness to. Amen? Mm-hmm. Aren't you glad that God's holy? He's not some fly-by-night person. Right? But He's holy. He's pure. And He even enables us to be holy like Him. That's something that we can testify to. I have given Egypt to the Babylonians. I have given Egypt to the Babylonians as your ransom, Cush and Siva, in exchange for you, because you are precious in my sight. Did you know that you are precious in God's sight? That's another reason to witness to Him, to share His story, to tell people that God, you are precious. Did I say I'm precious? I'm precious to God. That's what He thinks of you. He doesn't think bad of you. I mean, if God is willing to send his own son to die on the cross for your sins, you've got to be really precious. <clears throat> Amen? So that's another reason to witness. You are honored and I love you. I will give other men in return for you and other peoples in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. Oh, what a testimony. I don't have to fear. Say, I don't have to fear. I don't have to fear. I tell my youngest son, Josiah, whenever he's afraid, I say, what do you say? And I've said this so many times, he looks at me like, fear God in Jesus' name. <laughs> I have told him to tell, whenever he feels afraid, I have told him to speak to fear. Yeah. And guess what? That fear leaves. Yeah. You know, when you speak to fear, it's going to obey you. Why? Because Jesus is in you. Mm-hmm. I will bring your offspring from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring back my son from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory. How many are called by his name? We all are. And guess what? He created you for his glory. Isn't that awesome? That's another thing to witness to. Right? To tell your story. Whom I have formed, even with whom I have made. Bring out, verse 8, bring out the people that are are blind, even though they have eyes, and the deaf, even though they have ears. All nations have gathered together so that peoples may be assembled. Who among them can predict this and proclaim to us this form of events? When was Israel formed again? 1948. They were scattered on the ends of the earth, but in 1948 God brought them back. They became a nation once again. <coughs> Can you say amen? Amen. Alright? And then it says, let them provide their witnesses so that they may be justified. Say, my witness, my, witness. my, testimony, my testimony matters. It does. We need to celebrate what God has done for us. We need to celebrate who God is. Can I get a witness? Amen. Verse 10. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord. He 
declared you as his witnesses. And my servant whom I have chosen, he chose you to be his witnesses. That you may know and believe me. That, see, a witness shares what they know. Right? And understand that I am he. How many know that he is I am? What does that mean? I am ever presently with you. I am willing to do for you what no one else can do for you. Amen? We, and we can testify that he is I am. You know, he, so, he said this to Moses when God called Moses to deliver the people from Egypt. He says, who should I tell the people that sent me? I am that I am. And Jesus declared to the Pharisees, he said, before Abraham was, I am. I mean, that speaks of his eternity. That speaks of his divinity. Glory to God. I am the Lord, and there is no Savior beside me. Oh, he is the only one who can save us. Mm -hmm. We can't experience salvation through any other thing or any other person. He is the only one. He is the elite. And I have declared and saved and proclaim that I am God, and there is no strange God among you. Therefore, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord. He says that again. You know, when God repeats something, you know it's important. Amen? And even from eternity, I am He, and there is no one who can rescue from my hand. Oh, my goodness, once God's got you in His hand, nothing can take you away out of His hand. Amen? How many has experienced God's hand? God's hand coming on you. God's hand blessing you. God's hand just helping you. We know God is handy. After all, He's a carpenter, right? And this whole chapter is about people who are witnesses. Amen? So witnesses... We are witness, and God has given you power to be with us. Let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 1. Not only does God declare you to be a witness, He chose you to be a witness, but He empowers you to be a witness. You think God's saying something here? Amen? Yeah. <clears throat> now, if you've never been touched by Jesus then I would encourage you to get to know Him. You can accept Him as Lord right now. The Bible says, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead and confess Him as Lord, and you will be saved. Whosoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yeah. You've got to call. Yeah. And if you, don't, if you don't think you have a testimony, that's a good place to start. Amen? Begin a relationship with Jesus. I did that when I was 12 years old. And I'm 51 now, praise the Lord. And God has been good to me. Amen? But notice, he is talking to a group of believers who were around his ministry, who heard what he said, who saw what he did, who experienced miracles and power and wonders. And this was after he had resurrected from the dead. And he said to them, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. In order for him to come.
be in you. And in order for him to be in you, you've got to have Jesus as Lord. How many want some power to come upon you? What kind of power is this going to be? You shall receive power after that, the Holy Ghost. He is the powerhouse of God. God puts a spiritual generator within every believer. It's a gift, amen? And it's come upon you, and you shall be what? Unto who? Unto me. Is your, is, in your Bible, is your me capitalized? That's talking about the Lord. Amen? We're going to, we have been given power by God to witness for Him. Amen? Amen. He can call you to witness any time, any place, anywhere. You might be sitting in a restaurant. Well, maybe not as much today. But you might be sitting in a restaurant and the Lord may call upon you to witness to your server. You might be pushing your shopping cart in a store and the Lord may call upon you to witness to someone who's around you. Why? Because someone needs what's been put in you. Someone needs to hear what God has done for you. Amen? And God will call us to witness because he's given us power to witness. So we don't have, if God's empowering us to witness, we don't have to approach witnessing with fear. It's something we can do. How many things do we do through Christ? All things. Would that include witnessing? Sharing your faith, sharing what you believe, sharing what you know, sharing what you've seen, sharing what you've heard. You'll be witnesses to me in both Palmyra and in Lebanon County, and in Dalton County, and to the uttermost part of the world. That means anybody can witness anywhere. Amen? Your witness is not just to one geographical area. You can, everywhere you go, you are a witness for God. Everywhere you go, you've been equipped and empowered to share your testimony or his story. Amen? Well, how will I know which one to share? That's where the Holy Ghost will help you. Aren't you glad for that? And actually, this word witness is actually the word for martyr. Someone who believes something so much that they're not afraid to lose their life over it. You know, most of the disciples, the 12 disciples that followed Jesus, do you realize that they were martyred? Peter was crucified upside down. James was, was killed with the sword. They tried to boil John in oil and they weren't successful. So they, they sent him to the Patmos, which was a, a desolate place. And that's where God gave him the book of Revelation. Yeah. Amen? Amen. So, that I have power to witness. That means you have been equipped to share, testify, and communicate about who God is and what he's done. Amen? And a witness is a call from God. He calls every believer. You don't have to go to Bible school to be a witness. 
You don't have to be in church 20 years to be a witness. All you have to do is know Jesus. Amen? That is the only qualification that is required for you to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. So, the Holy Spirit, He's there to help you. He's there to give you aid. He'll even give you the words to say. Amen? We can't lose. What am I going to tell this person? Alright? Let's look at some people who were witnesses. Go to Acts 8. I mean, Acts chapter 6. Acts 6, verse 8. So people who use power to witness, to testify. Okay? Acts 6, 8. And Stephen, full of faith, or full of the word, and power. Everybody say, and power. And power. So he was full of the word and power. That means full of the word and full of the Holy Spirit. Right? Did great wonders and miracles where? Among the people. What was, what was Stephen doing? He was waiting on tables. He was taking care of the widows. The Greek widows were complaining because they were getting their needs met. And so the apostle said, choose out seven men who can wait tables. He was a witness waiting tables. Amen? Would you like some healing with your coffee? Right? Would you like a side of strength with those fries? How about super size? Amen? He was full of faith and time did wonders and miracles among the people. That's, that's, what, that's being a witness. What, what gave him that ability? It was the Holy Spirit that empowered him to be that witness. Being a witness just means shining for Jesus. It means reflecting his glory, reflecting his goodness, and being willing to communicate that with anyone you come in contact with. Years ago, I was flying home on one of my school breaks, and uh, I always, I like to read the Bible on the plane, and then if I see someone, I like to, you know, converse with them a little bit, and there was this young man, I don't remember his name, it was many, many years ago, and I just began to share with him, and converse with him. And talk to him about Jesus. And you know what? That man sent me a Christmas card. Thanking me for our conversation on the plane. Why? Because I know that I'm equipped to be a witness. And that means I can witness in any setting. I can witness in family gatherings. I can witness at parties. Amen? I can witness when I'm hanging out with my friends. I can witness if I play golf, which I haven't done for a long time. (laughs) But Stephen used his power to witness, to share the goodness of God with other people. That's all God wants. Do you realize God wants every one of his believers to be involved in getting out his message? I thought that's just for the preachers. Well, you're wrong. Not just for the preachers. The preachers have their part, but so do people. Amen? Mm-hmm. Alright? Let's go to Luke 4. Luke chapter 4. And verse 14. 
So people will use the power to witness to others. Luke 14, and Jesus returned, how did he return from the wilderness? In the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. What did Jesus do with his power? He opened blind eyes. He made the lame to walk. He, he healed bodies. He gave people hope. He went around. And this is what he used his power for. Amen? Jesus was the ultimate witness. He was the first missionary. He left heaven and came to earth. Glory to God. And what did he do everywhere he went? He testified of his father. He talked about his kingdom. He talked about what people could have and how people could benefit from his love and from his forgiveness. He testified. He was a witness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? God empowered him to be a witness, just like he empowers you. Amen? All right, let's go to Acts. Well, no, go to Romans 15. Romans 15 and verse 13. Romans 15 and verse 13. I love this first word. Now, how many are ready to be filled with hope right now? Mm -hmm. Notice, now the God of hope fill you with what? All joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope Through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're abounding in hope and you come across someone who's hopeless and you're abounding in hope, guess what? There's going to be an opportunity to witness. Because the God of all hope fills you with all joy and causes hope to abound. People will wonder, why are you skipping through Walmart? (laughs) I remember one time. I had spent some time in prayer that day. And then I was hanging out with some friends who were sitting outside at a picnic table. And one of the girls, she was from church, she kept looking at me and she says, You're glowing. I said, Praise God. Amen. You know what? The glory of God can get on you so much that people will ask you questions to start a conversation. You don't even have to start a conversation. You can just sit there and go like this. I remember one time, uh, one of my friends in Illinois, he was struggling with alcoholism. His father was an alcoholic. He was an alcoholic. He had two uh, DUIs. He lost his license, right? And oftentimes, he would come to church, but he was still struggling up, and then after church, he'd go to the bar, okay? And sometimes my friend and I, we would go and try to find him, but one night... Uh, the pastor went into the bar, right? And this is how my friend described this. There was about four or five people sitting on the end of the bar, right? And when the pastor walked in, because he was looking for my friend, just to minister to him, just to love him, right? It seemed like God tipped the bar up and everybody slid down to this end. As soon as the pastor walked, what? That's a witness. Amen? You know, God will upend an atmosphere. Because there's some things that need to be set in order in an atmosphere, and he needs a witness to go in, right? And to testify. 
Mm. So, take that power. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. What did the Apostle Paul rely on to communicate the goodness of God? Notice what it says in verse 4. 1 Corinthians 2, 4. And my speech and my preaching. See, witnesses, they share what they know, what they hear, what they see. Okay? So my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Or persuasive words. But in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should stand in the power of God and not the wisdom of man. Amen? This is the power that we've been given to witness. Hallelujah. I'm excited. Go to Luke chapter 24. Luke 24. And in the last part of the chapter, look at verse 46. And now Jesus is talking to a couple who were walking on the road who didn't know it was Jesus talking with them. Because he hadn't revealed himself. But he was resurrected. Alright? Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. He's telling them the story so that they can tell others. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning in Jerusalem or Palmyra. And you are what? Witnesses of what? These things. These things. Hallelujah. We are witnesses. Amen? Say, I'm a witness. I'm a witness. Go to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Look at verse 32. This was after Peter and John. They came back to their own company. Uh, they, they got the man healed at the gate, and there was kind of an uproar, and people thought they were gods, and they were saying, you know, we're not gods, this is because God, you know, Jesus has been resurrected, and uh, this is what they said in verse 32, now they're with their church, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul, neither said any of them that ought of the things that they possessed, yep, alright, uh, was his own, but they held all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We say great power. Great, great power. power. And great, great grace was upon who? Them all. Them all. Grace is not just for the preacher. It's for the people. Amen? Now, you, you may say, how can I witness to a resurrection if I've never seen a resurrection. I'm so glad that you asked that question. God empowers us. Did you know that you could know something of God by revelation, which is just as powerful as experience? Matter of fact, a revelation may even be more powerful than experience because it comes directly from God. Alright? Go to Ephesians chapter 1. We're supposed to, we witness of two things. We witness of the works, teachings, and resurrection of Jesus. 
and we witness to the purpose, plan, and will of the Father. Amen? Alright, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. How can I talk about the resurrection if I've never seen a resurrection? Well, we're about to figure that out. Ephesians 1 verse 15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and the love for all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. In the knowledge of who? Him. Did you know that God will show you things about Jesus you didn't know? Alright? That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know. He's talking about things that we need to know. Okay? What is the hope of his calling? What the riches of the glory of his inheritance? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead? and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. You may never have witnessed a resurrection, but you've got resurrection power that's working on the inside of you. You can know it by experience, by revelation, by having a relationship with Jesus. We can know his resurrection power. And if we know his resurrection power, then we can talk about it. We can communicate about it. We can share about it. We can testify. All testify. Amen? You've been equipped. Go to Ephesians chapter 3. Look at verse 7. Wherefore, or whereof I was made a minister, according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Woo! Paul became a minister because he experienced the effective, effective working of God's power on the inside of him. See, Paul went through a transformation from persecuting to preaching. That's quite the transformation. You talk about a, a rapid career change, right? For years, Paul persecuted Christians. He persecuted those who professed belief in Christ Jesus, put them into prison, saw them die, encouraged people to harm them. And then, he meets Jesus. And in three days, he changed his career. He started a whole brand new career. He doesn't even have to go through school. Amen? Why? He got revelation. And the revelation is what he wrote, half the New Testament. Amen? Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Are you with me this morning? I want to stir your hearts up this morning to be a witness for God. God has called you to witness. He has given you a story to tell. He has given you the ability to testify and to communicate that. Amen? And this is what we have to do. You want to counteract the bad news of the world? Give them some good news of Jesus. That's the best counteract to sad, sorry news. Amen? Oh yeah, the world can talk about what's happening and, and all that, but we can talk about what Jesus did and what's happening with Jesus. Amen? I guarantee you, you'll turn the conversation around quickly. Amen? First Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13. 
ceasing because when you received the word of God, you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually works also in you that believe. The moment you believe, the word starts working in you. Matter of fact, the word was working in you to believe. Say the word, the word is working in me. Working in me. Say God is working in me. God is working in me. Hallelujah. Man, there is something working. God is working. His power is working. Every change that comes in your life comes from inside out. It never comes from outside in. The, the, the effect of change comes like a volcano. Amen? God covers you with his glory as it explodes from within. Hallelujah. Alright, go to Colossians chapter 1. What am I doing? I'm establishing the fact that we have the power of God and we can use our power to tell others of Jesus. Well, I'm just a quiet person. Get over it. <laughs> Do you realize I used to be a quiet person? You could ask my mom. I was very shy until God got a hold of me. If you're going to rely on a fleshly weakness to excuse you from being used by God, that's incorrect. That's not right. Is God not greater than your flesh? Mm-hmm. Besides, He's given you, He didn't give you the spirit of fear. He gave you a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. Amen? You've got, three, you've got three victories over fear. Love, power, and a sound mind. Hallelujah. Alright? Colossians chapter 1, verse 29. Whereunto I also labor. Part of his laboring was testifying. You know, every time Paul preached, he testified. Every time he established a church, he was witnessing. How do you think he got people to come to the church? Amen? How many, how many has come to a church because someone asked you? Right? Isn't that amazing? Let me see those hands. Put those hands up real high. You come to a church because someone asked you to come. Right? Okay? Then why don't you pass on the favor? Amen? And I know a lot of you do, and I'm not saying that you don't. I'm just encouraging you. Amen? Whereas when I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me. How? Mightily. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost power working in you. And besides this, go to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. If you want to testify of a resurrection, if you know Jesus, you've been resurrected. If you know Jesus, you've got a testimony. I've been delivered from spiritual death. Hallelujah. I'm a free man. You know, some people think that they have to be addicted to drugs or alcohol or come from this bad situation to have a testimony. No, you can have a testimony. You've been delivered from death. Amen? Uh, John chapter 5, verse 24. Verily, verily. Who's talking here? Can Jesus lie? So that he's telling the truth. Mm -hmm. This is the absolute truth of God. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that hears my word and believes on him that 
upset me has. Not going to get, not going to come next week, not going to come by Amazon, but has everlasting life. Right now, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. The moment you believe in Jesus Christ, that is the moment you pass from death to life. That is the moment you are resurrected. And then 1 John 3.14, you don't have to turn there, but it says the same thing. We, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. How did you come to love the brethren? Because the love was put on the inside of you. Amen? Therefore, we are qualified to talk about the resurrection because we've passed from death to life. And then we went from darkness to light. I've been translated. Do you have a translator? Yeah, God's my translator. He translated me from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Glory to God. And now I speak his language. Amen? Hallelujah. And all throughout the book of Acts, they preached about the resurrection and they said we were witnesses of this. They actually saw the resurrection. They actually witnessed the resurrection. Amen? And they were in turn telling people who didn't know about the resurrection that Jesus resurrected. They were taking the information of what they know, of what they heard, of what they saw, and communicating it to others. Can you say amen? Amen. All right. Let's go. Let's go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Okay? There's an element of witnessing that is simply communicating... What you know, how many know some things about God? Mm-hmm. Right? You know some things about God? How many has seen some things that God has done? Right? How many has heard some things that God has done? Right? Especially if you've been here, you've seen and heard a lot of things. Right? Sometimes even strange things. Right? But you know, God does not think like man thinks. So when God does something, it's going to be straight. It's not going to be logical. God doesn't do things for logic's sake. He does things for spiritual heart matters' sake. So the things that God does are going to be strange. Do you think it was strange when the apostles saw Jesus walk on water? Oh, absolutely. They thought it was a ghost. They were freaking out. Until he said, being good here in his eye, oh, it's you. Right? Do you think it was strange when Jesus started multiplying a loaves and fish out of a two-piece fish dinner? Right? You, you, the apostles saw that. Do you think that was strange? you think it was strange when Jesus spit on the ground and put clay on a blind man's eyes and made him see? That's strange, but it works. Why? He doesn't do things like we think he does. Can you say amen? That's why when God does something, it's strange to us sometimes. I don't mean that it's weird. I just mean that it's, we're thinking illogical and God is thinking spiritual. Okay? So John chapter 3 and verse 11. Notice what it says. Verily, verily, I say unto you, we speak what we do know. All of us can qualify. If you were to take a, a true or false 
false test. I'm going to give you a true or false test. Are you ready for a pop quiz? Can you speak what you know, true or false? True. Amen? If you know something about God, then you can tell someone about what you know. God's not asking you to tell someone about what you don't know. He's only asking you to tell someone about what you do know. Amen? And if someone asks you a question, you can ask, do you know that you can answer every question? Any question that anyone asks you, you can answer what? Sometimes the answer might be, I don't know. But you're still answering the question. That was supposed to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Alright? So, we do, we speak what we do know and testify that we have seen and you receive not our witness. Did you know that sometimes you might witness and people will not receive your witness? Mm-hmm. What should I do? If, if I witness, if people won't receive my witness, say next. <laughs> when, when Jesus sent his disciples into towns, and they said, if they don't receive you, what did he tell them to do? Shake the dust off your feet. Why? As a testimony. You don't receive my message, so I'm going to someone else. Listen, you go to enough people, someone's going to receive your testimony. Amen? Mm-hmm. But you, have, you, you cannot be discouraged when someone doesn't receive your testimony because they're actually rejecting the Lord and not you. So you've got to overcome any discouragement. See, the enemy will use discouragement. Well, they didn't receive my testimony, so I'm never going to say it again. That is the wrong thing to do. I mean, Jesus' first sermon in Luke 4, they wanted to throw him off a cliff. Did that stop him from preaching? No. Amen? I mean, look at what they did to Paul. Did that stop him from preaching? No. We have got to get some intestinal fortitude in us that we are we refuse to quit. Amen? Amen? So we, we say what we know and what we've seen. You receive that with verse 12? For if I told you earthly things and you believe not, how should you believe if I tell you heavenly things? He's talking to Nicodemus here. He says, Look, if I tell you about earthly things and you don't believe me, you're certainly not going to believe me about heavenly things. Amen? Hallelujah. All right? Go to verse 27. Verse 27, same chapter. This is talking about John. You know, John was a witness. John was called by God to witness of Jesus. To tell people that there's one coming who's greater than me. Who could, who I'm not worthy to immerse his sin. When he's coming, I'll baptize him with water, but he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. He's coming. Get ready. Get ready to receive him. He was testifying. He was witnessing. He was a powerful witness. Sent by God. Verse 27. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except to be given him from heaven. You know, as a witness, you can say, I can only give you what God's given me. You know, you don't need to add to God's story. If God gives you a word, speak a word. Don't make it into a sentence. 
If God gives you a sentence, don't make it a new paragraph. Just speak a sentence. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Speak what God gives you. Okay? Verse 28, You yourselves hear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. So John is testifying and witnessing because people thought he was the Christ. Because he had such a powerful message. People were, were, were getting baptized in the Jordan. He was, but John was bringing people to Jesus. He was preparing the way. Amen? Matter of fact, his calling is found in Isaiah 40. What did God call John? He said, I'm a voice. Listen. Say, I'm a voice. I'm a voice. Be a voice, not an echo. Mm. Use your voice to tell about what God has done. Tell it to yourself. Tell it to others. If you want to practice witnessing, practice to yourself. I remember a guy, his name was Dave Duell. I heard him preach in Tulsa. And he said when he was saved, he was a cattle ranger. He had a lot of cows. Right? And when God, when he got saved, God called him into the ministry. Except he didn't have anybody to preach to at the moment. So you know what he did? He preached to his cows. You know what he did? He laid hands on his cows. He practiced. And God was getting them ready for people. Because then I saw him minister to people. Amen? You've got to start with what you have. And start doing with what you know to do. Well, that sounds crazy. Well, then stay stuffy then. Come on, you've got to loosen up a little bit. Believe me, I'm, 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 t- I'm telling you that from someone who's gotten loose a lot. I lost a lot of stiffness in, in my life. A lot of stiffness, still getting rid of something. Amen? Alright, he goes on. You yourselves bear me witness that I said I'm not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom, which stands and hears him. Notice, he's telling what he's heard. Right? Stands and hears him. Rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This is my joy, therefore it is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. What a witness. John had no pride in him. He was not building his own kingdom. He was there to do his job, which was to testify of Jesus. Alright? He that comes from above is above all. Where did he hear that? He heard that from God. He's telling the people what he heard. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He that comes from heaven is above all. He's testifying to God's greatness. He's testifying to God's divinity. He's testifying to God's awesomeness. Alright? And what he has seen and heard, that he testifies. And no man receives his testimony. Are you able to testify even if no one receives your testimony? <laughs> Amen. Verse 34, for, whom, for he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. In order to speak the words of God, you've got to be in communication with God. Yeah. Amen. God saying, hey John, say this. Hey John, tell him this. Hey John, say this. And John would say what he was told, amen? And the people were responding, why? Because he was giving them God's words. Thank God for people to give God's words. 
He's, and he gives not by the Spirit, the, and not the Spirit without measure. Jesus has the Spirit without measure. No one person has the Spirit without measure, but the body of Christ has the Spirit without measure. Amen? Does that make sense to you? Jesus has the Spirit without measure because He's the Son of God, but we're His body, so the body corporately has the Spirit without measure, not one individual in the body. Alright? The Father loves the Son and has given Him all things into His hand. Glory to God. Alright? Paul was called to be a witness. Let me tell you what Paul said uh, in Acts 9.15. Acts 9.15. He was having a vision. The Lord told Paul, said, go for him, or he's telling Ananias, I'm sorry. He is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Paul was called to witness before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. To bear my name. Another term for bearing my name is to witness. Amen? That's his audience. God put Paul in front of Gentiles, kings, and the Jews. Who did Paul go to first? The Jews. Who gave the hardest time? The Jews. When you reverse God's order, you get in trouble. Why do you think God said Gentiles, kings, and Jews first? He said, you know, God knows the order that he says things in, and he says things in order on a purpose. Amen? Just do it. And as a matter of fact, if you read the book of Acts, you'll find Paul finally got fed up with the Jews. He said, I'm going to the Gentiles. <laughs> well, Paul, you just done that first. You might have been better off. Amen? Go to Acts chapter 22. Acts chapter 22. Almost done. Is this helping someone today? Mm-hmm. Acts 22 and verse 13. Paul is sharing his testimony to the group of Jews that uh, they kind of had a um, almost a riot type thing. Acts 22 verse 12. And one Ananias, a devout man, according to the Jew, having a good report. You know what a good report is? A good testimony. Who gave him that testimony? The people that knew him. What would people say about you? What would people say about your relationship with God? Would it be a good report? You know, if God were to collect report cards, what would the report say about your relationship with Him. Don't raise hands. Just keep looking forward and smiling. Say yes, Pastor. Praise God. <laughs> Why do you get that one knows nobody will know I'm talking about you? Alright? So he, he's telling the story. Ananias had a good testimony from all the Jews which dwelt there. He came unto me and stood and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. At the same hour I looked up upon him. And he said, the God of our fathers has chosen you that you should know his will. How many know the God's will? Well, then you can testify what you know. Amen? And see that just one and should hear the voice of his mouth. So, Paul, God is telling Paul, I, I want you to share what you know, share what you've heard, share what you've seen. Okay? Verse 15, you shall be 
his witness unto all men of what you have seen and heard. Amen? That's all that we're responsible for. For what we've seen and what we've heard. We need to communicate that to others and God gives us the power to do it in an effective way. Amen? Our lifestyle is a witness. Our words that we speak are witnesses. Our actions that we take are witnesses. How we treat people is a witness. How does the world know that we're Christians? By our love for who? One another. Listen, if the world looks on us and they don't see us loving one another, then we validate the test we, we invalidate the testimony. We ought to believe God enough that we can love one another. But that person just going to get over it. Where does love record its wrongs? Love does not keep notches of people that irritate you or annoy you or get under your skin. There's no such thing as a last nerve. You got more than one. You got more nerves to go. <laughs> if you think someone's on the last nerve, God's giving you more nerves. Amen? We've got to love one another. Especially in the times that we're living in. We need, the world needs to see true, genuine love. And it needs to start in the house of God. In the family of God. We need to be loving one another. Helping one another. Just like Jesus did for us. Amen. So then... You'll be a witness. Alright? And go down to verse 17. You know, God is pretty cool. He knows how to deliver you out of a dangerous situation. Alright? Verse 17. Actually. And it came to pass that when I was coming again to Jerusalem... Even while I prayed to the temple, I was in a trance. So Paul was having, he was having some prayer time, and he got into a trance, and God was giving him a vision. Alright? An open trance is when your eyes are open, but you're seeing into the Spirit. A closed trance is when your eyes are closed, and God is, uh, you're, you're seeing whatever you need to see. Okay? Verse 18, And I saw him saying unto me. So he's seeing Jesus. What's Jesus doing? Jesus is talking to him. Well, I believe the same thing what Paul did, so hush. Make haste and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. And I said, Lord, they know that I am prisoned and beat every synagogue, and, and beat in every synagogue uh, them that believed on you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by and consenting unto his death. And keep the raven of them that slew him. And he said unto me, Depart, for I will send you far from here uh, to the Gentiles. Wasn't that God's original uh, plan in the first place? But see, God knew that in Jerusalem, people weren't going to receive the testimony that he was called to give. So God gave him an exit plan. An escape way. Amen? You know what? We've got to be led by the Spirit of God. We can't be led by the world. We've got to be led by the Spirit of God. God doesn't 
use negative things to teach you a lesson, he uses the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so Paul was led by the Holy Spirit. Listen, God knows when, when it's time to get out. You can't live in... I mean, you, you can't stand there and die as faith, man. Oh, I'm just going to face the danger. Well, you're a fool. God said, get out, get out. Amen? <laughs> you listen to God. He's got a better perspective than we do. Mm-hmm. And God wants to help us. Can you say amen? Amen. And the reason that a shipwreck couldn't stop Paul, because he was scheduled to testify in Rome. God said, you've witnessed to me in Jerusalem, but you also need to witness to me in Rome. And so Paul knew that he couldn't die until he delivered his testimony in Rome. Amen? But God has given us power to be a witness. Alright? He's given us power and authority. Amen? Say, I'm empowered to be a witness. To be a witness. And all you need to do is share what you know. Share what you've seen. Go go to your neighbor and say, Oh, you're not going to believe what I saw in church. You know, let me tell you what I saw in church last night. Amen? Uh, Melissa, can, can I have your mic, please? She... She recently had an experience with God. Are you okay sharing it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> and then this happened on Wednesday. See, if you've never been to a Wednesday night refreshing, you're missing a lot. All right, go ahead. Okay, so um, on Wednesday we had church, and afterwards I got drunk in the Holy Spirit for, I have no idea how long, long time. <laughs> Um, and I was laughing, and I fell on the floor, and then all of a sudden, like, I just felt, like, the presence of God upon me, and I was out. Like, I had no idea, like, my spirit left my body, and I went to, like, heaven, like, the throne room for a while, and it was so beautiful and so bright, like, it was, I finally understood, like, how there's just no darkness, because it was just so incredibly bright and so beautiful, and I saw this, like, wraparound rainbow, and I could feel, like, the glory, like, of God just, like, in my bones, on the floor. I could not move, like, with nothing. I would try nothing at all. And um, my eyes, like, my eyes were closed, but my eyeballs were, like, moving, kind of like a movie reel, like, so fast, just back and forth. And it was so, so amazing. So that was what I saw. And I was, I'm just so excited. <laughs> Now, she didn't know what she was going to do that. I didn't know that she was going to do that until right now this moment. Because I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Even though I asked the Lord, what do you want to say to the people each and every time? And this message was hard for me because it, it, it wasn't clicking and for hours and then finally it clicked. Amen? I was saying, Lord, you've got to help me because, uh, and thank God he does. Amen? Mm-hmm. Now, if you're here this morning, and you've never had an encounter with Jesus. You've never made him your Lord and Savior. I just want to encourage you. That's the best decision that you could ever make. And uh, maybe you know Jesus. And maybe you're not walking as closely with him as you know you should. And uh, you need to step it up a notch. Amen? That's an opportunity. And maybe you're here and you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. For that power to come up on you. I was saved 
and filled with the Holy Spirit pretty much at the same time when I was 12. 